Welcome to Short Course, episode 90, for February 3rd, 2023. I'm your host, Ben Barry. So I took last week off. Uh, it was a busy week. As uh, those of you who have uh, seen some, seen what I've been up to on Instagram know, I had the opportunity to take a, a two-day class with Eric Graffel shortly before the Pan American Extreme Open match, and it was uh, at a range about two hours away. It was in Tampa. And the reason I didn't say anything about it before now was I was actually asked by the class organizer, uh, Buck Lawler from Strapped, which is the name of this training company that they're putting together in, in Florida. He he just said, hey, you know, keep it keep it quiet. I assume because if word got out that there was a Grafell class, then people would be blowing up his, up his inbox. Sorry, I'm, I'm uh, still getting over something that I caught on the way back from, uh, from this match. Uh, but anyway, he, I, I assume, yeah, he just wanted to keep it quiet just because there were only, uh, 20 slots. There were, there were two classes, two, two day classes, 10 people each. And he was doing it invite only trying to keep it to people who I guess are avid shooters, not just people who are sort of tourists and, you know, want to be in the presence of greatness, which, uh, anyway, that was cool. I'll be talking more about that class in in later episodes, but I wanted to uh, talk tonight about the the Pan American Extreme Open itself, and there's a there's a lot to talk about. So uh, let's get right to it. The so the match itself it was a it was a thirty stage match shot in three days, three half days, uh, ten stages each each half day, and. I mean, one thing that was kind of interesting is I definitely think the schedule that I was on where we had two afternoons and one morning was was an advantage. Looking at some of the video from from the other folks shooting the other schedule, the the lighting in the morning was definitely not as favorable. Just, you know, sun really close to the berm, that kind of thing. So I, I definitely I mean, I, I, I looked for a squad on the the rotation that only had one morning, and I, I think that worked out. The process of signing up for the match was a little interesting. It was run by the by the guys out of Czech Republic that run the Extreme Euro Open, and to you registered through their system, and then you had to send in a money order, an international money order, which was kind of funny. My bank was like asking me all these questions. How do you how do you know this business? Basically, they were trying to make sure I wasn't getting scammed. And the the match fee was. 300 bucks. And I think the wire fee was uh, 40 bucks, something like that. So, you know, it adds to the cost, but at the end of the day for a match like this, it, it, it costs what it costs. It took a little bit of time just waiting for everything to, to go through and for it to be, to, to show up in their system. And one thing that I did find interesting, it looks like they have their own bespoke signup system that they use for all of these extreme matches. At least it's, it's not something I've seen anywhere else. I don't know if it's a white label of of something that somebody else has developed or if they developed it in-house, but it was definitely an interesting contrast to practice score. Primarily, I mean, one thing that, that was interesting and would potentially have been useful was people who have a paid slot can mark their slot as being for sale. And so if you rather if there's someone in your country that has a slot for sale, then you can just use whatever your local Venmo or cash app or, you know, whatever you have in your country and just do a, a transaction in your local currency and you can negotiate the price between the two of you and then you just buy the slot locally. So 
obviously in in practice court really the only thing you can do is request a refund which at that point the match director has to approve it and maybe it's a 50% refund or whatever but in this system i don't think they were doing refunds beyond you know whatever the cutoff date was but if you could find somebody in your country who was looking to buy a slot you could potentially get close to face value for the for the slot which was again it's it's one of those things that when you look at it it seems kind of obvious and then you kind of wish hey you know what if practice score were to implement something like that? It's it's funny. I I've, I've been around long enough that I I remember the days 2015 ish that before before practice score where you just showed up for the match, paid your match fee, signed in, and wrote your name on a clipboard that that for the squad you wanted to be a part of. And to some in some ways, practice score still feels kind of new and awesome. But in other ways, you realize it really hasn't changed in the last. 10 years. I mean, it's basically the, the features have been pretty much what they've been. They had the whole social media thing that they tried to do for a while that kind of went nowhere. But, you know, adding some of these types of features, I mean, there's definitely room for it. Now, obviously, there's other constraints there and who's going to pay for it and all that. But it was just definitely interesting to see the the sign up through a, through a different system that had a, a different set of features. But on the whole, I liked it. The match itself took place at the Volusia County Hunt and Gun Club, or the Volusia County range. Basically, I think it's about 45, 30, 45 minutes north of Orlando. And it, I mean, it was a, it was an interesting enough facility. It's definitely the opposite of kind of a frost-proof Talladega, kind of all of the bays just in a line type range. Every, all the different bays were kind of oddly shaped and put in different corners and nooks. And as you walked around, you, you'd, you know, hey, here's an opening between a couple of berms and here's a giant bay. And then you'd walk around another berm and there'd be a little maybe 10 yard by 10 yard bay. So there was <laughs> there was definitely a wide variety in the the sizes of bays. But on the whole, I don't think it was a it wasn't an, an inappropriate range. Uh, I mean, one one thing that I did kind of wonder about is there were a few ranges, a few big bays, like 30 yards square or something like that that were not being used. One one was being used by some class that was going on during the match. And then I guess maybe they left the the other two of these big bays open for for members to come shoot. I, I'm not really sure, but if you it definitely is a a facility that could have run that that did run 30 stages and could have run more or even just had 30 stages but some of them in in bigger bays. So when when we talk about potential facilities for major matches. I mean, this, this was, this was my first time at this one. And again, they, they had a really interesting diversity of some big bays, some small ones, and obviously it worked. I think it worked to the three, two, one format of IPSE because there were a lot of smaller bays where they could put some of the, the, the 12 round short courses. Now that said, some of the bays were definitely on the cramped side and like I said, I, I wish they would have used some of the bigger ones. There were a few where they they split a big bay into two 12-round short courses, and I think those those were some of the better of the short courses. They had some of the longer shots. They had a little bit more of the movement. They had a little bit more dynamic movement. It wasn't just all left to right or front to back, but there was a you know a dog leg kind of shaped to the shooting area or, or at least the path you took through it. But on the whole, it, it definitely, the facility I think was was adequate and definitely if they could take over more of the the, the bigger bays could could be more than adequate. The setup of the match was, like I said, 30 stages, 10 stages a day in a half-day format. 
and the squads were a max of eight people per squad. The squad that I was on ended up being only five people, which I definitely would have, I would have rather them gone in and maybe broken our squad up and merged us with two other five person squads or something to get us to seven or eight. Um, we did have on the first day due to some, some shenanigans, Jared Fox did end up shooting with our squad and that brought us up to six. And Jared was also extremely helpful in pasting and resetting and taking videos and, and just generally helping the, the, the squad move. And definitely day two and three, it was, it was more, it, it was, you know, we, we went from six down to five. I mean, it was, it was a big drop. And so the, the second two days were definitely more of a grind on the, the third day. We did eventually figure out that we just need to, everybody shoots and, and resets. And then at the end, everybody just stops, load your mags at the end, take a breather. You know, if you need to take a bite of, you know, some snack or something, just hang out at the bay before you leave. Because once you get to the new bay, then the RO wants to brief you, wants to start, wants to get everything rolling. And so your, your opportunity to kind of catch your breath, load your mags. Uh, I, we had three open shooters on our squad. So, you know, they were, they were cleaning mags on the stages where they had to drop one. Uh, and so there was, there was definitely, uh, that worked out one. It, it helped once we figured that out on the third day. And to be honest, I, the whole shooting 10 stages in a, in a half day format thing worked. I mean, it worked better than I expected. The, the, the stage breakdown. So like I said, there are 30 stages. It broke down by my count. It broke down perfectly into 15 shorts, 10 mediums, five longs. And on every stage, short, medium, or long, we had we had a three minute walkthrough. Which honestly, the way that the stages were constructed was was plenty. Even the even the long courses, for the most part, even with being thirty thirty two rounds, they because you only had five people in the shooting area with you, you could get a pretty good look at everything you needed to see. And that the stage design wasn't it wasn't typical kind of uspsa gimmicky mind game type stuff everything was it, it was pretty obvious where the best place to shoot each target was from where the where each target from was there was one 32 rounder that was a it was a sort of horseshoe shape and from both tips of the horseshoe there were a bunch of targets that you could see and so there was a, a slight memory aspect to that one and so you just had to remember which targets you'd shot from the start you basically you could start anywhere in the shooting area so basically everybody started at one of the tips of the horseshoe and you just had to remember when you got to the second tip what you had shot from the first one. And but other than that, I mean, honestly, the the three minute walkthrough, because the stage design was was conducive to it, the three minute walkthrough was not an issue. Now I know I've I've gone on record in the past saying that going shorter than than five minutes at at most USPSA matches, I think is is shortchanging your your shooters for really kind of false economy. But when you're talking about 10 stages per half day, so 20 stages a day in your, in your whole schedule, those, those two minutes do add up. And, and honestly, especially on the, the 12 rounders, there really wasn't that much to see. You kind of, okay, I'm going to start here. Maybe I go, to, I go to some second position. Here's what I can see from there. And then I'm going to go to a third position. Most of the 12 rounders really broke down into three positions. And, and there, what was it was interesting, right? Because you could see some targets entering and leaving. It wasn't just shoot, hard run, hard setup, shoot, hard run, hard setup. There was definitely opportunities to shoot your way in and out, to to sort of ease in, to maybe skip a steel target, to take an easier paper target, and then once you were settled in the position, transition back to the steel target. There, there were definitely those opportunities. But to someone who knew what they were looking at and 
and you know wasn't a th- this wasn't their first big match it was pretty easy to, to to break those down pretty quickly and so the the three minute walkthrough thing i i think worked just fine and even if it didn't um to some degree it was it was at least fair right everybody got the same amount of time and so you know sometimes you you were first on a big stage and and you got a little bit shafted by that but i remember on that that horseshoe stage that i was looking at i think i was second and so i just when i was walking through i just from the very beginning i was looking for a sort of safe memorable plan i wasn't looking for anything crazy or complicated i was just i was just looking to get something that i could easily burn in and and get used to and perform in five minutes because that's basically what was going to take, you know, the shooter ahead of me. And then it was, it was my turn to perform. So I, I think there, there definitely is an aspect to that where when the stages are built to provide for it, the, the shorter walkthroughs definitely work. And, you know, like I, like I mentioned in my, my retrospective at the, the NC section last year, I definitely think, for example, I, I did a very poor job of that with the stage that I contributed. It, it ended up being a really quite a bit of a memory stage. And, and it, you, you really wanted 10, 15, 20 minutes to walk it because you could see the targets from so many different places. And that's just the kind of stage that you just didn't see at a, at a match like this. And honestly, I like that. I, to me, this whole thing of, oh, we want options, you know, people wanting to solve the stage, like it's a crossword puzzle and there are four or five different possible paths through the stage. And, you know, what's the most optimal, like that just, that just isn't that interesting to me. To me, it's make the shots interesting, make the entries and exits, give me some options in that way, but making it so that, it, okay, the stage is a big box and I can either go one, two, three, four, or one, four, three, two, or one, three, two, four. I mean, it's just, I'm going to the same places. I'm basically just deciding which order to go to the places in. That kind of option isn't, isn't really that interesting to me. And there, there wasn't a lot of that kind of option in, in, this, in this match, and, and that was okay with me. There were, by my count, there were 22 of the 30 stages that had a single swinger in them. None of the stages had, had more than that. And a single swinger was the only, the only type of mover available. All but one of those swingers was activated by a, a plate that fell on a rope, which is, that's, that's the way you always see it in the, the Extreme Euro matches. And it, it's very simple. And I actually really, I, I thought it was very effective. Definitely something to, to look into if, if, uh, you know, you're, you're starting up a club or, or whatever, and you're looking for a way and you don't want to deal with the steel cables and tying down the, the nuts and having eye bolts into your poppers and all that crap. It, it was, yeah, I, it worked. It was simple. The reset was easy. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that. The, the, the flavor was definitely very repetitive in the sense that every swinger had basically the same presentation. You, you had some of it over the top and then you had varying degrees of of partial a zone at the dwell some of them you had the whole a zone and maybe a partial charlie some of them you had 20 or 25 percent of the the a zone at the dwell and so those you were better taking over the top which honestly i thought was was kind of interesting i mean all the all the swingers were the same but each one was also subtly different and the question of which ones do you take over the top versus Maybe you take one shot over the top and one shot at the dwell, or some of them were were you had a they were slow enough and the presentation was good enough that you could just take two shots at the dwell. So even though they were very fine gradations, it, I, I thought that it was it was interesting. You you really had to look at every swinger. It wasn't just oh well okay it's an over the top IPSC swinger. 
I'm I'm just gonna you know have to just take it take it on the move at over the top. It it was again it's it's weird. I I feel like this is a, a sort of left handed compliment, but I I liked the style. It was very uniform. There was no hardcover anywhere. The only partials there weren't even like barrel hardcover partials. The only partials were no shoots, which obviously are very punishing. And there were a few different styles of presentations, but most of them were just a, a, a no shoot at the six o'clock position low with a, a various amount of, of a zone above it visible. And there were, there was no prone. There were no even low ports or mid ports. There was no one handed shooting, which honestly, I feel like that was, that was kind of a miss. I, I'm not really sure why, but there were definitely a few of the smaller stages that I think could have been made more interesting as as stages. They were just kind of bland on their own and kind of blended all together. But if you said, okay, you know, this one you have to shoot all strong hand on this little twelve round short course, it definitely would have would have tested something different. And so all all thirty stages were were a very similar style. But to be totally honest, it was a, a style that I like shooting. It was one of these where the targets were were spaced around where you couldn't just set up in one spot. For the most part, there were there were a few bigger stages that where you could set up in hose, but especially on the the twelve rounders, you were from any one position you could see maybe two targets. Occasionally, you could see three, but it was it was a lot of find your spot, set up just enough to get the shot, and then push out, go to the next spot. If you you know push too hard, you're going to overrun the fault lines and have to come back, or you're going to be coming in too hot on some of the the, the smaller pieces of steel, I would say roughly half the, the pieces of steel, something like that. Maybe, maybe more than half were eight inch square plates and the, the bases that they had that held the square plates seemed pretty, pretty durable. I didn't personally see anybody on our squad hit the base and have the, the plate fall. I'm sure it probably happened somewhere during the match, but definitely compared to your typical, uh, plate holder base that is pretty easy to shoot, get it to fall off. And then, you know, you're, you're looking at a reshoot. There didn't seem to be a ton of issues with that. And and honestly, I, I like, I like plates, uh, especially to all the poppers in this match were the, the two piece poppers, which because there's no hinge, I find you can hit them pretty darn low below the calibration zone and they'll still fall. And so they're effectively a much easier target if you if you know that and you know that you can basically your your center of aim should be the six o'clock on the calibration zone because even if you're three or four inches low on that, it's still gonna go down. And so to me having these these eight inch plates, it, it really made you it made you focus. It made you really want to get that hit. And I appreciate that. I appreciated that challenge. And almost every one of the, the twelve round short courses had at least two pieces of steel, some had four and I mean, it sounds trite, but you can you can do a pretty interesting stage with four pieces of paper and four pieces of steel. It's eight targets. You break that up into three positions. Maybe some of the targets are visible from two different spots, or one of the targets visible coming in or out. I mean, I I really do, I really did enjoy the the stages. And even though they all kind of blended together and had a very similar flavor, I I have the the shooting here. I really enjoyed and. While, yeah, it definitely could have been more difficult, they could have used many targets, they could have used some one-handed shooting, they could have used different kinds of movers, they could have used hardcover. They didn't, and I think it was okay, especially as a, as a first time around. I would hope that they introduce more of that kind of variety and different challenge next year, but for what it was for this first year, I, I, was, I, was, pretty, I was pretty happy with the shooting. 
that said, there there definitely were some issues that that could have been done quite a bit better in terms of the just the staffing of the match. I I'm sure this is not a surprise to the organizers, but they they had maybe half the staff they probably should have. I would say most of the most of the short courses were being run by a single RO to time and score, and most I think all the mediums and longs had two ROs, one to one to time and one to score, but competitors were doing 100% of the, the the reset. Sometimes the ROs would would help reset the swinger just to make sure it was consistent, but in terms of the the pasting it was all it was all the competitors and the resetting steel was and I, I don't know how other squads did it. At first I was, you know, trying to be the guy painting the the steel between every shooter and then eventually I realized nobody else cared and like I said a minute ago, it's pretty darn unlikely that you're going to get a calibration hit on one of these or a calibration call on one of these two-piece poppers just because even an edge hit will often spin them and they'll fall, or a low hit they'll still fall. So honestly, when I kind of realized that nobody else cared, I just I stopped painting, and I guess most ROs were just painting between squads, which you know in that way, with the competitors self resetting and the you know painting between squads in that way, it had honestly it had more of a, a club match flavor. And like I said earlier, I definitely think having a a five person squad was was probably a a more detrimental experience than even being on say an eight person squad right which is almost twice as many people twice as many people to kind of share the load and and be able to to help reset and and have some kind of rotation where you you get something of a break so the that part of it was definitely a a frustration for me my understanding is that the so this match was originally scheduled I believe out at St. George in 2020 and then covid hit and it got delayed and I think it got delayed two or three times and then they finally announced this date and obviously it actually happened on on this date but after they had announced that they were on this date then the Florida State USPSA match announced that they were taking the same weekend 2 hours away in in Tampa and my impression is a lot of the local USPSA RO volunteer folks went there and were working that match which I, you know, I can't, I can't begrudge them. That's their state match. If if you told me that there was my state match was, you know, one weekend and then the same weekend, two hours away in the state, there was, you know, some big level three match. I, I'd probably, I'd probably end up being loyal to my level two match as well, which, yeah, I mean, it, it sucked. I don't think anybody was really happy about it. I have, I'm told I, I didn't go looking, but I'm told they were posting on, on Facebook, basically asking for volunteers and, and paying hundreds of dollars for people just to come out and, and basically just help uh, run the match for, for the, the second two days, I think it was. So it, it was, yeah, it, it was definitely something that I don't think anybody was in, had any illusions that it was going on, but to a certain degree, once, once the match is rolling, you know, you have to do it with the, the people you have. And Luckily, they they did have, for the most part, uh, I think probably twenty five of the thirty stages had at least one Iroa certified person on the stage, which is nice. You know, there were a few stages that were that were being short courses mostly that were being run by by someone who seemed to only have USPSA training. Which that that seems like one of those things that if it happens two years in a row then then I'll I'll really be worried but hopefully this is just sort of a growing pain it was the the ball was dropped somewhere and they just yeah ho- hopefully hopefully it's resolved that was that to me that was definitely the, the the biggest drawback the biggest sort of disappointment of the of the match 
And as you can imagine, the short staff, there was basically nobody really around to do a, a thorough equipment check, or they, they didn't even bother trying to run chrono. And yeah, when you when you checked in with your gun, you 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 know you wrote wrote your serial number on the on the page, but there were definitely some questionably legal production guns being shot. And I mean, at the end of the day, I even I, I'm not that worried about it. I mean, I, again, this was the first match. There were no cash prizes at uh on on offer, and you know the guys in all the cases that I was aware of, it was you know guys borrowing guns or something that that wasn't quite up to up to snuff and they were just there to they were just there to shoot i don't think anybody that was in the top 10 probably in their division was was pulling any shenanigans and so i i, I still think it was you know it was an interesting match for the guys that, that really wanted to be there obviously it's a different crowd that is going to go to an ipsc match than the florida state match that's in the state the same weekend but yeah it, it definitely was it was not there was there was no rigor in that sense it was very much on the honor system which, again, for a first-time match, I'll give it a pass. If it happens again next year, mm, you know that that'll be a different issue, and uh, we'll get to this later. But they've announced that the IPSC Nationals are going to be at this range in uh, later this year. And again, if they if it's the same thing there, if they're not running chrono and equipment check for an IPSC Nationals, which potentially is a qualifier for the World Shoot, then yeah, they they, they need to get these that that stuff figured out. But hopefully, by being able to actually not have a scheduling conflict with another big match in the state with more people they'll, they'll be able to to do that stuff I, I don't think it's one of those where they didn't do it because you know they just don't care i think they didn't do it because they didn't have the people and that's that's just the way it was as uh as i mentioned on i think a previous episode the so the schedule for the shooting was the the main match was thursday friday saturday so you shot a half day each of those three and then Sunday was supposed to be Super Six, which is this format where it's a you six people shoot a stage from the match, and then the the top four go and shoot a second stage, and then those the top two from those shoot a third stage, and it's a sort of this man on man shoot off, but it's in a stage kind of format, and that that didn't end up happening. Uh, what they did on Sunday was just the the top however many people showed up in each division. So they, I guess they went. I I, I should say I wasn't there. Um, I ended up skipping out on it just because, honestly, I was, after having done the the whole match and the whole self-resetting thing, I, I really wasn't all that enthused about whatever they were going to slap together on Sunday. And the way my, my flight schedule worked out, basically, I could take an earlier flight and get home at noon and get to see my wife and kid, or I could take the later flight and get home at midnight and have to be at work nine hours later and not get to see my family. And so, at the end of the day after having been on the road for eight days and kind of, you know, three long days of shooting and not even being sure that there was going to be anything happening on Sunday at all, uh, I, I ended up taking the earlier flight. So what I know about the the, the shoot-off stuff is, is secondhand and from what I saw online, but it looks like maybe 30, 40 people showed up and in each division uh, they just took, I, I don't know if they did a bracket of four or a bracket of eight, but they took the top four or the top eight just going down the list of whoever whoever was there the the top 4 or the top 8 in each division and they just did a very traditional style man on man shoot off you know draw like six poppers knock them down reload and then shoot a final popper and whoever's final popper goes down first is the winner and it's the sort of you know man on man single double elimination whatever it is 
and then they then they did awards which look it looks like they did you know medals first place second place third place which is a very sort of european thing and and they had a little podium which was cool um but yeah at, at the end of the day it was one of those where i i was i i definitely by the end of the match my 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 patience was was a little tested and i, I was just ready to be home i'd been gone for a while and so i didn't really feel like sticking around but but i do you know i think in in the future if i do go down and shoot a match at this range it's only a little over an eight hour drive. So I, I think I'll probably just end up driving, which obviously gives you more flexibility on, okay, if there's, if Sunday is a bus, then you just hit the road early versus there, there's a rigidity that I don't know that I really mentally understood about flying even a, a sort of short distance flight like this. And, uh, you know, that, that rigidity limits your options. And so I, I made the choice I did and, and I, I'm decently happy with it. I, I got to shoot the 30 stages, which really is is what I wanted to and I got to kind of vicariously see what they did on Sunday which again was not I think what anybody wanted I think I genuinely believe they want to do a proper super six but just the way things were people you know a lot of the a lot of the top guys a lot of the the top six in, in some of the divisions took off and so they they weren't there to do the super six and so they did the next best thing which okay I I respect that for the people that were there they they, they try to put on a good show but yeah I, I don't I don't feel like I missed a whole ton by by cutting out early, but I hope they do better next year. I hope it's worth staying next year. So I did to so to kind of wrap up with some summary thoughts. I, I did put out on uh, Instagram. I did a little question sticker story thingy, just asking people questions. You know what they were they were curious to know about the match. And one person asked, "How does it compare to, to other IPSC matches?" And I will say, I mean, it's a, that's a tough question. I mean, compared to I think compared to the U.S. IPSC Nationals in the style that were run at Frostproof, which as far as I can tell, they haven't done one since 2019. I'm guessing because COVID 2020, 21, and then 22, nobody, it, we didn't need it as a qualifier for the world shoot. And, and I guess there just wasn't that much interest. And obviously Shannon Smith isn't at Universal Shooting Academy anymore. And he was always kind of the mastermind behind that. So, but l- looking at the way that Shannon would run the the frostproof IPSC nationals, I definitely think the the strong suit the the most interesting stages uh, on uh, at this match were some of the short courses. A lot of the mediums I think were were pretty interesting. Honestly, most of the longs were were kind of boring. They had a lot of double stacks. It was a lot of them were just kind of hosey. A lot of them you, you could have just taken out a, a bunch of the targets, and the honestly the stage would have been better. Uh, you know, you could have, if they had made all of the the long courses twenty six rounds, just to barely comply with the definition, but make the shooting more interesting, that that would have been okay with me. But uh, but no, I mean the the short courses compared to a lot of the stuff that you see at a at a US IPSC Nationals. I mean, reviewing my own video from from the few years that I shot it, the the short courses are definitely more kind of speed shooty. You know, stand in a box or you know, oh, you have four pop eight poppers and then one of the poppers on each side activates a swinger so a little more carnivaly whereas i mean you know some of the some of the short courses were 11 rounds five pieces of paper and one piece of steel but you kind of got to pick where you started you you got to navigate the the stage usually go to three positions honestly and now that i think about it one of the things that was that was kind of strange about the match was most of the stages i would say probably 80% just off the top of my head were start standing anywhere in the shooting area, which again, kind of like, kind of like throwing in some one-handed shooting or some hard cover. I feel like specifying a start position 
a really interestingly chosen start position is a almost free of charge way to add texture and interesting options to a stage. Whereas honestly, again, on almost every one of those stages where you could start standing anywhere in the shooting area, you were basically just drawing straight to a target. So there were very few stages where you had to draw and step. And there there were a couple of those, the ones where you had to start heels on marks or something like that. But again, the, the vast majority of them, I think they, they could have specified a start position and just added that little bit, added a few steps of movement, added a little bit of, of texture to the stage, would have brought the hit factors down a little bit. But, you know, it's just one of those free things that, again, I'm kind of puzzled. The stages were generally good, but then they just didn't do stuff like that. I, I don't know. Anyway, so I, I will say, aside from the constrained bays, so there, there was very little far shooting almost everything was like 10 yards and in there were you know there were some 15 maybe a few 20 yard shots maybe but it was it was relatively close range like I said no hard cover so it was either a a no shoot partial or wide open and so in, in that sense it was it was definitely I think more like a European IPSC match in the in the stage design than even something like a, a US IPSC nationals and yeah, honestly, in, in, again, in terms of the actual stages, the actual shooting, it is definitely one of the most most enjoyable, satisfying matches that that I've shot in a long time. And so I I really my my only complaint is they could have done, you know, some of these more further things to add a little more texture to the stages that wouldn't really cost them anything and so it's a little puzzling that that they didn't. But again, for being the first time out, I'm I'm perfectly happy with that. But Again, I, I would definitely like to see them use some of the bigger bays, have some of the, the long courses be more like a you know an IPSC long course where you're you're running more linear distance, but also have longer shots. But yeah, as a as a as a first first attempt, I think it was definitely solid. The other question that I got that I haven't really covered in the in the flow of the rest of the the episode here was what kind of physical and mental preparation would you do for a match like this? And honestly, from a physical standpoint, especially, I mean, the, the weather was, I mean, it was January in Florida. The, there was one day that was a little warm and the sun was strong and you, you know, I put on some sunscreen the, the morning that we shot. It was, it was pretty, pretty chilly. I think it was like 50. I mean, I definitely had a, had a long sleeve pullover on for most of the match, but honestly, compared to shooting a typical, six, seven, eight stage US PSA club match, physically it was it was no harder than than any of that. And part of that was the the stages were all pretty close. So you weren't really walking very far down range and the the pasting was, you know, it was, it was pretty it was pretty easy. But yeah, physically it was it was not a particularly demanding match given the weather and uh and again the the fact that the stages are, are pretty small. But I, I definitely think mentally obviously having you know 30 stages, that's a lot of opportunities to mess up and you just got to remind yourself hey everybody else is out there messing up and this is just one stage out of 30 you can you can get back on track and and put up good scores on the rest of them i i definitely for me personally in terms of performance and mentally that the third day was definitely my strongest uh, it was the the cleanest i shot the fewest I, I had no penalties and no uh i don't even think i had deltas but it, it was definitely the, the the best points that i that i shot the whole match and and so that felt good uh and then sort of the the typical ipsc thing that when you don't get a chance to look at the stages ahead of time 
and you only get three minutes to look at it, you you sort of have to recalibrate the level of perfection that you're expecting in your stage plan. I, there's There really is this mindset in the U.S. where you can show up and potentially walk a complex stage for 20 minutes before the match starts, whether it's a big match or, or a local match. And that just that just doesn't exist in this sport. And I think that's cool. And you just, you kind of have to, you know, shift your, your mental perspective when you're coming up with a stage plan from A, you're going to be able to visualize every single target perfectly a hundred times through. I mean, first of all, you know, with a, even with an eight man squad, you're not going to have that much time. And B, you're just not going to have that much time in the shooting area to really get a, a perfect sequence of, of all the targets. But you, you really, you know, you learn through in your three minutes to walk through really key in on the important details to sort of take the mental snapshots of the really important target presentations and then visualize through those in your head. I mean, honestly, I think, I think this match as someone who hasn't shot this style of short walk through lots of short stages all in a row, this one really was not, was not terribly punishing. And so I think for someone who is used to shooting bigger USPSA stages, it's a little bit of a a shift, like I said, in the the level of perfection that you expect in yourself. But uh, in terms of sort of mental capacity, if you can if you can visualize some of these Gonzo twenty eight thirty thirty two round stages that uh, that you see in the U.S., again, you're only going to see one out of six stages are even going to be longer than twenty four rounds in uh, in IPSC. And in a lot of cases, what I found really the the twelve rounders, the short courses. You were, you really had more room to focus in on the, the the really fine details, and you know just don't take those for granted. That that's for sure. You you want to the the twelve round short courses. I mean, they're half the stages in the match, but when you you know correct for match points, they end up being roughly about a third of the of the overall match points. And so that's you 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 throw a few of those away, and you're you're really putting yourself in a bad place points wise. Other than that, it's. I mean, it's the shooting's still shooting. I think the 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 level of precision that IPSC targets and the target presentations, especially with minor scoring, I, I find really really satisfying. Like I said, I, I really enjoyed the the shooting at this match, and I, I really hope they can uh, get some of these issues squared away. Uh, one one thing that was asked that I realized I didn't cover. So the the stated posted number of rounds to bring was five hundred and fifty. And the, the actual match ended up being 532 minimum. So with makeups, probably 575, something like that. So definitely uh, pretty much right on the money that, that they predicted. And I think certainly if you were looking at a, a format for U.S. Nationals, you could you could do a lot worse than this. You could, the, having the mix of the shorter stages, but letting you run more squads and cycling them through the stages more quickly. I mean, it's it's like going from a... So if you look at Talladega, where they can run, what, 15 squads at a time, it's like a computer with 15 CPUs, whereas at, at this match, they could be running 30 squads simultaneously because there were 30 stages. Now, some of the doubled up bays, you know, that uh, so it's not it's not a perfect uh, comparison, but they double up bays at Talladega as well. But in terms of keeping people moving through the stages, having smaller squads, and spending less downtime between shooting, I definitely think I think this format works really well. And just in terms of getting sort of more bites at the apple, more samples per shooter, more chances to, to for a shooter to either succeed or fail, 
hey, if if you told me that that we were going to a, a three two one format and every nationals from here on out was going to be thirty stages instead of eighteen or twenty two or whatever the the most recent ones have been, I'd be okay with that. In fact, I, I think that would be a good thing. So uh, just to wrap up here, they did announce during the match they announced that the IPSC nationals, the U.S. nationals, will be at Volusia uh, November sixteenth through nineteenth. So the 16th will be staff day. Friday the 17th will shoot all 18 stages in a single day. So basically morning and afternoon, I guess. And then Saturday, Sunday will be a half day format. So you'll shoot nine stages each day. And I assume they'll probably do awards on the range Sunday night. That would, that would just be my guess. It didn't say on the, the little flyer that, that they had around the range. But yeah, it'll be an 18 stage match. So kind of similar to this, except nine stages a day instead of 10. But pretty similar. And hopefully, again, they can use some of the bigger bays and have, have more staff. But that's that's just pure supposition. And uh, then they also said that the 2024 Pan American Extreme Open, the main match will be February 1st through 3rd, 2024. Match fee is going up to 330 so 10% increase, plus whatever your, your wire transfer fee is. But I'm assuming from the fact that it's a three-day main match, it'll be similar. It'll be three days of 10 stages each, which, again, this range is is well-suited to. They have a lot of small bays where they can put up some of these short courses, and then they've got the, the bigger ones where hopefully they can stretch things out next year. But I I have to, you know, I have to figure out, I, again, I just found out that this IPSC Nationals, as I mentioned, I think the last episode I did, I was kind of curious, hey, when's it going to be? Where's it going to be? If you know, PTO and everything were, were no object. I definitely would like to shoot this match. We'll see if it works out with everything else going on this year. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where the IPSC Nationals will be. And I believe I have heard secondhand that the, the World Shoot selection policy for the 2025 World Shoot will once again be a, will be the best four out of the, the U.S. and the IPSC Nationals from the two previous years. So if this year, which again, this should all be announced relatively soon after this podcast posts, but if this year is a, is a world shoot qualifier year for the, for the 2025 world shoot, then I expect it should be a pretty interesting, a pretty interesting match because everybody that wants to go to the world shoot will probably need to be there. And as somebody who sort of talks all the time about how cool it would be to have one big nationals a year where everybody just comes and throws down. It looks like this, the USIPSC Nationals will probably be the closest thing we, we get to that. And so, yeah, I, like I said, I got to figure it out. I'd love to go, but uh, we'll see if it happens. And obviously everything with the election <laughs> this year and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I would, I would like to go again. Hopefully they can, they can fix some of the logistical staffing issues at, at this range, which was really the, just the, the, the main disappointment and the the matches these IPSC matches from here on out will be will be as good as they've ever been. So that wraps up this episode of Short Course. My email is bennettberryshooting.com. If you have any questions or you want more information about anything, let me know. Uh, if I get a bunch of interest, I'll do a follow up episode and talk some more about this. Uh, I tried to I tried to talk through everything I can think of, and we're at about forty five minutes, so it's definitely one of the longer episodes. But uh, yeah, if if there's something you want to know, just shoot me an email. Talk to you next time.